Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, we are here with the Hollywood Life Podcast and we are so excited today because we have fabulous guests to introduce you to and they've got so much to talk about. I'm especially excited because they are fellow Canadians. Yes. So in the house, we have Dan Levy. He is a star and co-creator of Schitt's Creek and Annie Murphy, who is also starring on Schitt's Creek. And they have got this great show. It's starting its fourth season on Wednesday, the 24th at 8 p.m. on the Pop Network. And if you have not seen it yet, you need to tune in. And of course, if you're already fans, then you absolutely you got to tune in. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, 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 gosh. A round of applause. <laughs> oh, my Lord. We, we've that. got lots of fans here in the house. I feel very loved and taken care of. So many people here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are loved. And as I said, I love having Canadians in the house mm. because, um, you know, I don't get that chance that often. And Shit's Creek is it you Dan you yes. created the show okay so it's your fourth season uh-huh. and you did it with your dad I did Eugene Levy yes who is a who is a Canadian and comedy icon and he's um, done a few things yeah he's done <laughs> quite a few things Canadian first icon second yeah, absolutely <laughs> and he he's like so well known from Second City and anyone who ever watched SCTV mm-hmm. and starred in many of the Christopher Guest movies mm-hmm. and. And um, and then you you came up with this idea. So just for our audience who hasn't tuned in yet to Schitt's Creek, just tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, first, they're probably um, really titillated by the name, um, which for people who don't know the show. The name always, is the elevator pitch, right? <laughs> it was, a, you know, it was one of those things. When you watch the show, you realize that it's actually not quite as salacious as um, it, as it first appears. Um, okay. and I think now that Trump has sort of set it out, out <laughs> in the world um, from the well, president it, of the United States, we pale in comparison to that kind of um, it's 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 like a presidential title now. Well, <laughs> yeah, among certain circles, sure. Um, yeah, no. Listen, this was an idea that I had um, been thinking about for a while, and uh, I had spent a lot of previously. I was working as a as a television host uh, at MTV up in Canada for a long time, and um, you know, didn't for the first like ten years of my small career on television I didn't necessarily want to associate with my dad because I feel like there's this constant um, nepotism sort of cloak that gets draped on any kind of child of anyone who is pursuing uh, a profession that is similar to their parents in entertainment Um, and for me it was really important to uh, get out on my own and prove myself and 10 years later I sort of thought you know what I have this idea I think it's good and I am ready to 
talk to my dad about it because I felt like this idea and my dad's sensibilities. I mean, he had co-written all of the Christopher Guest movies and um, just had such a special take on comedy. It's something that is kind of rare and and uh, and understated. And we started talking about the idea for the show. And it's kind of like um, Arrested Development meets The Queen of Versailles. Have you seen The Queen of Versailles? Uh, uh-huh. Yes. Right? So your yeah. family like is super rich and you fall in hard times and you have to move to this town called Schitt's Creek. Yes. Right. They're literally As, up Schitt's Creek. Yes. Do you want to spell I, it? I need to specify that the, the town is spelled S-C-H-I-T-T-S. Yes. Exactly. Which, which is, is a last name. A legitimate last name. In the um, world. And isn't it, didn't you have to prove that it was legitimate by actually, there is a <laughs> yeah. town called we had Schitt, to, right? Yes. Uh, well, Schitt's Creek is a actual creek in Ireland from what I've been told. <laughs> And we ended up photocopying pages beautiful, beautiful. Out, of a, <laughs> out of the white pages to send to prove to people that this was an, a last name that should be taken seriously. It was funny when you were on Colbert's show, the CBS's rule was you couldn't say the name of the show without, without the graphic the on the screen to prove it wasn't just gratuitous. <laughs> yeah. like right. We were just swearing um, on late night TV. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it came to be and we got to keep the name, which was great. And um, and now here we are. And it's been a blast ever since. I mean, you really don't ass- when you're sitting down in a living room talking about an idea, you never expect to, to actually have it come real. Yeah. And you you play a character who's pansexual. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just watching this clip of you explaining what that is to Larry King, which was just like <laughs> <laughs> My mind blew a my, little bit. How, what, was that, what was that experience like? Well, did Larry's mind blow? He was like, oh, next caller. It was, he really was really interested. Um, and, you know, and it was a, it, uh, a detailed conversation. It, you know, listen, I'm at that point in the interview, I'm having an out-of-body experience watching myself explaining pansexuality to Larry King. <laughs> right. um, so I wasn't really present for a lot of it. But, uh, you know, hopefully we were able to enlighten um, I felt enlightened. I did. It I'm was glad. good. Interview. I'm so it was glad. Good and so, what what's your version of pansexual? Is this still n- not an attraction to gender? It's an attraction to whoever. People. You, yes. Right. So you'll have you'll yeah. you'll have relationships, yes. romances, sex yes. with any gender, anybody that you find Just yourself anyone. attracted yes. to. Yes. Homo yeah. sapiens only. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And adults. <laughs> yes, adults. <laughs> Adult Specifically, um, <laughs> adult people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know it's been fun to explore that over um, you know the the medium of television because it's not an area. Sexuality is still sort of relatively unexplored in terms of mainstream TV. I can't think of another pansexual character, to be honest. From, I can't. Th- well, from all I can I, think of is Miley Cyrus, who's you know been very vocal about uh-huh. being pansexual. Yeah. Yes, um, from what I've been told, it's he's the first out pansexual like mm. has a- actively said it said the term on on television so whatever that and it's very funny because you play like your family was supposedly very wealthy and then they lost all their money in some kind of a ponzi scheme like kind of a bernie madoff mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. and the only thing somehow your family had bought the town of Shits creek yeah. you own the town eugene's character johnny uh, for one of David uh, Dan's uh, birthdays, bought this town as a hilarious joke just to own the deed to put on the wall for, of a, a, town for a town called, called Shit's Creek. Creek. So they bought it as a joke because the town was so ridiculously named. Uh, and then in the end, that was the only sort of asset that the government de- didn't deem valuable. So it was the only thing they were allowed to keep from their portfolio, and they had to 
move there and make the best of it. And, and your mom is played by Catherine O'Hara, who yes. another legendary uh, Second City alumna, alumnus, alumnus. Alumnus. And alumnus, alumna, <laughs> <laughs> alum, alum, who got mm. became very famous in Home Alone, mm. and uh, um, also was in lots of Christopher Guest movies. Mm-hmm. So she, so and she still has quite a wardrobe, I have to say. Isn't it magnificent? It's spectacular. <laughs> I, I know waltzing around yeah. in your little town, and every season it just gets better and better. We like to think that there's a room somewhere that we don't see that's just filled with their luggage. It is the only thing that will continue to replenish. No money, but they have a wardrobe that will go on for days. I just and like where to do they keep it? They yeah. have like they had a, the top of the line kind of vacuum packer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything, everything was in. just wafer thin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think when the FBI comes, like if you're wearing it, they can't take it from you. So you can put <laughs> is that on the rule? you can put on all your jewels and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes, that's true. Because I remember that from a movie I saw Oh, it was the new Tom Cruise movie. Yes, was that's called. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah where that's, he was getting everything repossessed because he'd, uh, he'd done tax evasion. He was yeah. a drug as dealer. As long as it was on his person. Not, yeah. And his wife could wear all her jewelry if it was and on. And it was in a Tom Cruise movie, so we know that this is Absolutely. the law. Yeah, yeah. Full, 100% fully real. fact-checked. Right. Well, everyone out there who's on the brink of... <laughs> <laughs> Losing it all. Just know that you should throw all your rings on your hands. Tom Cruise did it. It's going to be fine. And now you're living in this motel. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're just so you're being fabulous in this little motel and trying to like figure out life. And I watched the first couple of episodes of the season and Annie, you try to go to college and that's a big disaster. It is. It is. Well, it is a big disaster. Alexis, um, my character, last season we found out that she had not in fact completed her high schooling, her oh. high school education. So she went back to high school in season three <laughs> and then at the age of 30. Mm-hmm. And then uh, season four, she strives for a higher education and, uh, you know, uh, does a pretty good job at it, I'd say. I'd say. Yeah. I'm proud of her. Me too. You know, the great thing about the the premise of, of stripping this sort of notable family of their money and putting them into this small town is that you get to explore the value of the intangible things, the value of relationships and love. And um, I think that's what's been really fun for us to explore on an emotional level in the show, because as much as it is a comedy, it's still rooted in something quite tragic. Um, And it's been great. I mean, it's been really great to write because we find ourselves getting quite moved by the scenario of these people realizing that love and, and actual relationships are far more valuable than they had ever had ever imagined. Right, than all the money that they used to have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They would still take it back in a heartbeat, but <laughs> but they're learning things along the way. So do you ever how to love each other. Do you ever <laughs> feel uh, competitive with your dad in scenes? Like, you guys are both really funny, and he's being funny, and you feel like you have to top him? I feel like I would. With anyone in my family, I'm very competitive. Uh, no, I don't think I could t- even try. No. I feel like the minute you try, uh, he, he has... So much more experience on me. It would be just an true. uphill battle of like loss and embarrassment. Um, no, it's. I mean, Annie and I both the first day of of shooting our first season sat down. Our first scene was opposite my dad and and Catherine and um, Catherine, who I've known my whole life. Growing yeah, she. Up yeah, she'd be like an aunt, friend right? Of the family. Yeah. Um, you know, I had never envisioned working with her as an actor. 
Um, and I think we both sort of that first day got hit really hard with the nerves when you're realizing you're working with two people who are just at the top of their game. <laughs> and yeah, well, we I were mean, very new to it all. Yeah, so. my palms had never been sweatier. Yeah, I mean, Dan, at least you were related. Like, Annie, how intimidating was that? Oh, it was It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> absolutely terrifying to, to, the, to the extent that the night before I shot my very first scene, um, I was racking my brain to think of some kind of excuse uh, as to like why I couldn't go into work that following day. Oh, and you had to quit? The only thing <laughs> that I could think of was I, I had a doctor's appointment. So my brain failed me. I had to go into work and do this. But as soon as we got the first scene out of the way, it you know, mm-hmm. it, we got the, the jitters out and then it, it kind of all started to fall into we place. We were also very lucky because, um, and I can say this as a, as a business partner and not just a, a f- relative, um, both Catherine and my dad are really the most professional, generous actors you could, I mean, I haven't worked with a ton, but I, I've worked with enough to know that, you know, that level of generosity and the ability to meet people, you know, where they're at, acknowledging that there are people here for the, you know, walking into this for their first time, they were so patient and generous and once you have that kind of freedom on the set where you don't feel intimidated or you don't feel like there's any egos at play you're really able to release and right. get and have to fun. and have Do, fun because yeah. half of the time you're just terrified of keeping the job right. mostly as actors you want to sh- you know now what was it like growing up with a uh, dad who's a comedian like see funny around the house uh <laughs> surprisingly very serious He's a very serious guy that chooses very selectively when he wants to be funny. And usually when it, it was when we were having a fight as a, as like a father's son in high school or something when I was growing. really that's yeah. when he'd pull out because I would he wouldn't let me stay mad. So I would be like really upset uh. that I was grounded for a weekend. And then he would do like one of his Second City character voices. And, you know, it's really hard to keep a straight face when, you when have you're a schmengi being, brother. when you have a schmengi like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yelling at you so uh that was the most frustrating part about it growing up was just trying my best to keep a straight face it's like the seinfeld i'm so angry boys i'm so angry right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well speaking of that like which was his your favorite character that that he did for oh gosh um i loved sid dithers um was (laughs) a character he did on sctv where he was a very short man that always sort of drove a car and he'd he had these big glasses and it was, you know, it was an out there character and had a strange accent. And, um, yeah, I would say like a lot of the, I grew up watching a lot of this SCTV stuff as a, as a kid. Um, and he was just a nut to know him in person. I know it's so, you, so you don't know where these things come from. Like, you know, watching best in show or something and then coming home and seeing my dad. I don't know how to reconcile. Yeah. Those that, that's two. your dad. I have to tell you, best in show, I was on the floor watching, mm. and he Isn't and Catherine O'Hara were in it. That's a film. If any of you haven't seen it, it's a film about um, all the dog shows yes. that, that uh, people go to and the craziness that goes on behind the scenes. Mm. and The characters that bring the dogs to the dog shows. Yes. Stage mothers for dogs. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, grew, I grew up uh, watching, I mean, watching SCTV, which... I'm sure that some network must have right now here in the States to get reruns. But if anyone, if you have not seen it and you are really want to laugh, you must see it Mm -hmm. because it's like the funniest show ever. And it stands up. It's a, it's a timeless sort of contribution that they made to the comedic 
And it was so influential to like Conan and like that whole generation mm -hmm. of comedians. I like, grew up like really loving it and making it a part of their whole oeuvre. Yeah. Now, I want to say, and I just uh, noticed that you were at the Women's March. Bonnie was there too. You guys didn't see each other? On I, it's weird. <laughs> there are only a few people there. Yeah, right. Like only about 250,000, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I flew in on Saturday. Um, and really? I, th I thought I was going to miss it. But when I got to my hotel at 3.30, it was supposed to end at 3 or something like that. And, and it was still going so strong. And it was right down the street from where I was. So I had to, so you just I had joined to jump in, in there for was It was blocks. fabulous, wasn't it? It was so it was such a wonderful feeling, I was saying today, to be surrounded by. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Allies and like-minded people. Um who you know, you know, have the same values as you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I went on Saturday with my own dot with my daughter, and it wasn't very well publicized this year, I didn't think. And we could not believe the thousands mm -hmm. and thousands of people that were cramming the streets, yeah. and with the signs and the costumes yeah. and the music it's and humor and love. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was very triumphant. Do you guys shoot in Canada? Yes, we do. Oh, okay, yeah. it's a Canadian show. It's like a you know we right right a Canadian and we shoot up in Toronto for three months over the spring, summer. And, um, you know, it's it's summer camp for us. We have a really great time. So many American shows shoot there, too, though. Oh, the, yeah. The yeah it's, and whatnot. it's kind of like a new Hollywood. It's like Hollywood yeah. North. It yeah. is called Hollywood North. Tax breaks. Yes. Proved to be quite lucrative. Now, in terms of, like, growing up with, I know that in your own house, you wouldn't go, well, this is my dad. And he's, well, to you, he's completely different. He's dad. Mm -hmm. And you didn't see the funny side or the comedian side of him that often. But, yeah, would you, aside from Catherine O'Hara, like, what other comics were coming over to your house that you were just <laughs> meeting or they were hanging um, out? You know, my, I'm... My dad has always kept quite close with the Second City. Uh, like was Andrea Martin there? Andrea Martin and um, growing up with John Candy and um, Martin Short. Martin Short. Oh, Martin is, Short is um, you know is a is family. So they had a very tight knit group of. They were very close and they were friends uh, as well as sort of coworkers on this on this movement that came out of Canada. This sort of comedy renaissance. Um, and I think it really bound them quite tightly. And um, and I also think coming from Canada to the United States, you have a very different perspective on the entertainment industry. Um, most of my friends, uh, when I spend time in Los Angeles, are Canadian. And I don't really know why, other than trying to sort of deduce that we have come from a place that is not necessarily all about fame. Um, a lot of actors in Canada are actors because they enjoy acting. Um, same, you know, you get the same sort of, in the UK, actors are actors because, you know, they're not expecting huge fame and fortune because in the UK, you, you know, it's, right, it's harder you get to on get. a show or you do theater, but it's about acting. And I feel like America, without generalizing, is there is a, a, a fever for fame here that, um, fame is the end. That, that's the end. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess for a lot of us who have had some success, 
um, in in our profession. Going to America, you sort of like hold hands and hope for the best because it's so intimidating because you're surrounded by people who are in it for a bunch of different reasons. Right. And also, listen, you, you can be really successful as an actor or comedian in Canada and you still don't make the kind of like multi-millions that you can make <laughs> yeah. in the States. It's a very different industry. Yeah. Conan um, O'Brien always tells this story about he always runs into people who say, I'm going to be on your show one day. And, and, he, and he asks, what do they do? And they always say, oh, nothing. Like they just, I'm going to be famous. Like yeah. that's the thing they want to be. Right. They just want to be famous. I just watched uh, again over the holiday break, planes, trains and automobiles. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and just sort of like reminded like how fun and like sort of unique John Candy was mm-hmm. as an actor and how different oh, and Uncle Buck was on yeah. over mm-hmm. Christmas and people were all tweeting about it. I saw that recently it. too. He was he's so different from like modern modern comedians who maybe even play with their weight as a part mm-hmm. of their like physical comedy. What was he like in real life? I I mean I I was very young, so I remember him being incredibly generous um and loving. Um, and you know, I think what he brought to the films that he did was a heart and a, and an authenticity. Um, there was nothing that was played up. He wasn't playing a character. He was playing a person. Yeah. And I think that's why people responded to his work so much is he was a genuine person on screen. It wasn't, you know, it didn't feel sticky, sticky or, or yeah. inauthentic. It's like, you know, John Candy's work is playing characters that are, you know, human, kind of human, yeah. and like they can be kind of annoying and irritating. But at the end of the day, they're so well intentioned that you can't help but fall well, for them. And yeah, I think he never played a bad guy. No, I remember meeting him because um, in Toronto there was a there's a theater called the Fire Hall Theater, and mm-hmm. that's where it was the home of Second City, where mm-hmm. the theater troupe started, mm-hmm. and that was before SCTV, the TV show. And so I, I just bought tickets to my husband and we were going mm-hmm. into the fire hall theater to go and see um the performance and for some reason john candy drove up like i don't know why he must have been late he drove up with his wife and he had this fancy car and we were kidding <laughs> with him like where'd you get those wheels and he's like oh rented he was just so funny he and was larger than life yeah very large than life running in because he yeah. was late for the show i would it's one of the biggest I mean, I can't be a regret because I wasn't alive when it happened, but it was one of those things where I wish that I could have been there to to see it all because it really was the birth of something. Johnny LaRue, so that was great. his character. Johnny LaRue. Johnny SCTV. LaRue was like this overweight guy who was always leading exercise sessions. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, yeah, he owned, did he own the network that SCTV? Oh, that's right. He yes. always used to wear like bathrobes, <laughs> yeah. velvet bathrobes and things. Um, but well, that was such a great team of people, that early Second City. It was office. incredible talent. And I mean, just so much talent altogether. Yeah. And of course, some of them went on to do... Catherine was part of that and Andrea yeah. and um, I think Gilda and Radner. Remember yes, when, Gilda. Uh, Marty Short played us some uh, Rick Moranis. Oh, yeah. Rick Moranis was part of it, too. Yes. And Dave Thomas. And yes, Dave Thomas, Doug and Bill McKenzie. Bill and Doug McKenzie. Yeah. Um, oh my god! I just realized also, as long as we're talking so much throwback <laughs> stuff, that your your dad is the only actor to have appeared in all eight American Pie films. Absolutely, that is insane. Now you're actually. All, I needed to go to college. You, okay? you and I are almost the same age, and the first American Pie film kind of struck me yeah. deep, deep in my heart. I don't yeah. know that scene where he fucks the pie. And I don't know. Like, it was very influential. Uh-huh. I had like a sexual awakening seeing uh-huh. this this movie. Did, did I sure hope it didn't give you any ideas, Gino? Then there's a hot. Mo- 
I mean, listen, we were all desperate. <laughs> it was it was, it was the 20th century. It was a strange time. Yes. Did you, were you at all? Were you a fan of those movies like I was with Stifler and the Hot Mom and everything like that? I had a different experience probably than you did. Um, oh, tell I us. Was, well, I was in high school. It's very fratty. The movies are very fratty. I was in high school. It's and you know, uh, trying to make it just as a student in high school and was not very yes. popular. And then the movie came out and everyone asked me if it was like a some sort of biography of my life. Oh, I remember, no. I remember at the time Why? just saying to people like, do you think that my life here in Toronto at this high school is interesting enough to like turn into a motion picture? Uh, the answer is no to the, and no, I did not do that to a pie, and no, no, no. <laughs> you don't you know strike me as you know, a Jason Biggs type. I don't know. Uh, you know, and now Jason and I share a dad, and my dad was just <laughs> with Jason last night. Um, and uh, didn't your dad always get sent apple pies at restaurants too every, for a while? There was oh a good ch- five years. I, mean, I think silver lining everywhere we went. There was someone would come out with like a slice of apple pie and a wink and just be like, it's on us. <laughs> like, okay, thank you so much. And, and meanwhile, had- at school, you had to be sure to be never seen with pie. No, exactly. Never get told. Everybody's a comedian, right? No, aren't they all? Now, were you on Degrassi? I was, actually. Did you cross over with Drake at oh all? Oh, my God. Well, he, he was the second shooter in the Grassy Knoll when Drake was, <laughs> was shot. <laughs> yeah. I did a, a four episode. It was like a TV movie where I played like a Hollywood hotshot producer mm-hmm. that came in and wanted a character to turn into a movie star. Um, Drake was gone by that point, Aubrey. Um, and, but I did see him very recently. And, we, you know, we were on the same network growing up and... I was sitting across from him at brunch at this restaurant and, you know, in it's Toronto, like, in Toronto and where everything's neutral and he, you know, we and can sit across from each other at a restaurant. Yeah. Drizzy loves brunch. And I was thinking to myself, like, I know that we know each other in a Toronto way, but I'm not going to go over to Drake at a table and be like, hey, um, how's the eggs? <laughs> like, you don't, like, what are you yeah. going to say? So I chose not to say anything. And then Mistake. at the end of, and then I look up and he came over to me and was yes. like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, oh, see, now I look like a jerk. Was he like, oh. how's the eggs? Because he came up to, anyway, Toronto is a wonderful tie that binds us all. So he, he was, he was running through the six with a hard boiled egg. He represents so, Toronto still to this day in a very big way. So hard. No, he always. The, all the he, Raptors games. Yeah. All the Raptors He's games. He's so intense about it. Yeah. No, he always says great things about Toronto. We and need a cheerleader like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he has this sort of Toronto mafia of. People like he, oh, yeah. st- he and the weekend were yeah. friendly. I think until wait, somebody got in the midst of that Uh-oh. between Is there them. Drama between the it was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? God, he's such a woman. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't you, remember. You, everyone. If it was Selena mm-hmm. or somebody, somebody came between them yeah. for a brief minute. Bella, he, Bella, remember because oh, the weekend was with Bella Hadid, and then Drake. Was dating her for a hot minute. Yeah. Drake just can't suffer his woman being with anyone else. Wow. His mini, his coterie. But when wow. you say when you're in Toronto, it kind of levels the playing field on celebrities. So, or people, why, when you said that in Toronto it's okay, like you can go over to each other, what is that? Explain that. Oh, God. I would never, ever have gone over to Drake. I'm not on an equal playing field. I just think field. that when you're in Toronto, depending on who you like, uh, like, I worked at the Deg- in the Degrassi thing that I did. I worked with Nina Dobrev, who became a, a big right. She's star. from Vancouver. She's she became sweet. Nina Dobrev. She became <laughs> Nina Dobrev. She's very sweet and lovely and great. Um, and you know, we just there's. I I just think when you're home, it's just you. It, there you you don't have the. I don't know. 
everyone's very lovely, I guess, at the bottom, at the end of the day. Why is, why is Toronto such a mill for, like, celebrities? Like, America, we're, like, mining Toronto for celebrities. Like, we don't have enough of our own. We have to go and recruit from Toronto. What's Who's, going on? It's the arts. Well, we gave, I feel like we I gave just, you guys Biebs. We gave yes. Bieber. We you, gave... I've given so much. Dobrev. We gave oh, yeah. Drake. Yeah. And I think that's... The weekend. Weekend. Jim Carrey. Oh boy. Well, I mean, all yeah. the comedians. Yeah, Jim Carrey, I used to see in um, Yuck Yuck's comedy club yeah. all the time. No, tons of celebrities. Why did Martin Short? He's the only one who really moved to L.A. Like your dad, he chose to stay in Toronto and raise yeah. you there. My dad didn't have much interest in. He still doesn't have much interest in Hollywood. Um He really he chose to raise us in Toronto so that we wouldn't be raised in Los Angeles and we wouldn't. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. end up in rehab and you know um <laughs> and for that i am grateful and but that yeah, works it works yeah i'm fine Toronto, it's like rehab exactly <laughs> it's rehab. um yeah i don't know i think it was important he didn't want us getting caught up in the whole you know you go to these schools and it's all celebrities kids and it, it's not you as know, much conspicuous consumption the industry is in all Toronto. around you in los angeles so yeah. in toronto we were able to just you know and did you go to public school i went to public school yeah which school North Toronto Collegiate Institute. Oh. It got torn down, and now it's the first two floors of a, of a residential sky what? rise. North yeah. Toronto torn down? I know. OMG. And I didn't even get a 10-year reunion. What? The Fighting Jaybirds. I was looking forward to that reunion. It never happened. No one organized they it. They just completely got rid of the whole year. school? Yeah. My elementary school was torn down three years ago because of asbestos. Oh, oh so that's good to know nice now. Knowing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this has been really fun. It's okay. You won't take your deep breaths <laughs> now. You won't wow. notice any side effects for another ten or fifteen years. So many kids. Whoa, so many kids. that's so dark. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it's been wonderful to have you in, and I could just go on and on, but I know that um, Gino is going to feel left out because we would have so much to, more to talk about that's with true. Toronto. But everyone, you got to tune in to the fourth season of Shit's Creek. They have to get back. They have a flight. <laughs> Pop, on Pop Network starting Wednesday the 24th, and it's at 8 p.m. Thanks so much for coming by, guys. Thank Come and see us again. Us. We will. Thank you. We will. Happy to be here. 